0: You are listening to Peace Perspectives, produced by Nonviolence International Southeast Asia. In this episode, we speak with Fred Lubang, Regional Representative for Nonviolence International Southeast Asia, and Prabal Tapa from the Committee for Social Justice, to discuss civil society perspectives and responses on the development of emerging technologies as part of our series on artificial intelligence and emerging technologies. This episode was made possible with the support of Heinrich Böll Stiftung. A warm welcome to everyone tuning in to our podcast today. My name is Pauline Gorospe-Savage, and this is Peace Perspectives on Artificial Intelligence and Emerging Technologies. I'm joined today by two guest speakers uh, from civil society, Mr. Prabal from the Committee of Social Justice, who is now in Kathmandu.
1: Hello, good morning from Kathmandu.
0: And we have also Mr. Fred Lubang, the Regional Representative of Nonviolence International Southeast Asia, who is joining us from Cotabato City in Mindanao.
2: Warmest greetings from the Bangsamoro, Southern Philippines.
0: Good morning, or good day to you both, and thank you for having this conversation with me today. We continue our discussions on emerging technologies and how these can impact society in many ways. Sometimes in positive ways, but also in less certain ways. For instance, technology itself may be neutral or amoral, but its uses may be less so. And because technology is always evolving, just as there is an opportunity to do good with it and improve people's lives, it also has the potential to disrupt it and disrupt society in general. And I'd kind of like to start with this thought and turn to our guests Given how emerging technologies have permeated and will continue to spread throughout every industry, be it transportation or medicine or banking and commerce, to the more sensitive issues such as surveillance and law enforcement, how do you feel about the use of new technologies in society? Certainly, there are positives, but do you think the positives outweigh the negatives and vice versa? And I'd like to start with your thoughts, Fred.
2: Thank you for having us in this podcast. It's interesting to look into emerging technologies these days, and you would be amazed by even just watching a robot in Singapore reminding people to maintain uh, physical distancing during this pandemic you would also be amazed again uh, by just watching cars driving without drivers you would also see in the healthcare sector we've read that machines are really processing huge amount of data and analyze it in a matter of seconds helping our scientists and professionals being able to analyze and diagnose diseases. You would also see a lot of developments handling huge amount of information, for example, in warehouse and chain supply systems, processing millions of products, and these machines are able to do that. And so there are a lot of interesting development in emerging technologies. And one thing that we noticed is It's making our lives better in in many ways. And so there are indeed some positive sides of emerging technologies uh, these days. And we're not even just talking about our own mobile phones. Our mobile phones today are like the same capacity as the computers decades ago. We are basically having all these capacities now. uh, And it's just really about
1: what do we do with it.
0: And what about you, Prabal? What are your thoughts?
1: Yes, Fred just explained about the development of emerging technologies and scientific development of artificial intelligence. They have brought a new kind of opportunities and you know, like uh, promising facts that they are assisting the human beings by replacing their monotonous walks. Artificial intelligence is helping the human beings to deal with the rigorous and monotonous works and they have been able to utilize their creative energies in new works to develop a creative ideas and they can have an opportunity to think about the humanitarian value. But at the same time, the artificial intelligence and the robots are replacing them from their jobs millions of people are losing their jobs uh, because of the development of artificial intelligence. If I give you an example, hundred thousands of Nepalese people are working in the Gulf countries and most of them are unskilled and semi-skilled and they are being returned back because their company has adopted the new policies and they are using the artificial intelligence and robots in their companies. It has demoralized them and they are now skills, their value is compared with a the, with the box, with a machine or the robots. And it has a kind of a negative social consequences. So the artificial intelligence of the emerging technologies has both positive as well as a negative part.
0: Jumping off from that train of thought, to Prabhal, would you think that would be the biggest impact in terms of negative effects, the biggest impact of emerging technologies on your country in Nepal?
1: You know, in Nepal, the governments and the policy haven't paid much attention about the emergence of these kinds of technologies and their immediate impacts and the future impact. So if they mitigate with these global developments of AI and the design of policies to respond their negative impact, it won't impact us that much. But if we just ignore those developments and if we are not, not taking any step to mitigate and to adopt them, it will impact us in a very bad way. You know, like the people already have a grievances against the government because of the poor governance. And if they lose their job and they return back to the countries and they do not have an economic opportunity within the country, they will it will lead to the social conflict within the country.
0: Now, Prabal has mentioned the economic consequences or possible economic consequences, negative effects on economy, industry, employment, productivity in Nepal, and how, for example, inaction or inattention by the government in general could lead to disruptions that could even escalate into some form of conflict. I'd like to um, kind of turn over to Fred and ask what other negative effects would you foresee of emerging technologies aside from possibly the negative economic impacts of displacing workers into other industries or to other countries?
2: If you look at the purpose of emerging technologies, one of the goals is really to better the system. It's about, they said, if you ask some of the industries They would say it's to better the efficiency. We would have more outputs uh, with uh, very efficient uh, machines. We would have better products since they would be perfectly made based on one perfect mold. Uh, We would have a quicker. The speed of doing things would be much faster than what we used to do where humans themselves were the ones doing it. So when you move away from as what Prabal described, it was supposed to be people working in, in industries and now being replaced by machines, you would have that imbalance or that inequality in terms of you increase much more the problems of uh, socioeconomic challenges that they used to face. People would lose jobs. They would now turn to other industries that needs more about people and their creativity. And, and the use of, of humans in the particular sector. But one of the problematic from our point of view is the misuse of emerging technologies and some other aspects of products. And this is really about the weaponization of emerging technologies. It has been for many years being used that technology is an edge. It would be like a game changer in terms of developing new weapon systems. And we attest to that, that indeed, those who are perceived to be powerful nations have better military, they have better weapon systems. And now with these emerging technologies, particularly artificial intelligence being weaponized, I think it's not the right direction in terms of using the best products that we could get out of these emerging technologies. Instead of developing weapons, we would actually be better as humans when it is used in other useful products.
1: As uh, Fred mentioned earlier, the threat of weaponizations of AI technologies is a big challenge now. Not only in the military purpose or a kind of physical weapons, but they are produce like the the scientific researches and the people now are started thinking that we have to leave everything to like artificial intelligence and we need to bother about thinking and analyzing and those kinds of things. It will ultimately leads to that the individual privacy are compromised and they will lead to the mass disease. For example, a robot is going to think about us, robot is going to decide what we are going to do. It will ultimately lead the human beings out of the loop from self-control. We are not controlling ourselves. Robots are controlling us. Robots are directing us to do our work. This is also a kind of soft weapon that the human beings are being guided and are working. For example, these AI technologies doesn't distinguish the cultural values, doesn't distinguish the religious values of the people. In addition to increasing the efficiencies in global governance, it will creating conflict among the people having different cultural values and systems. That's why, as you mentioned, the civil society and the governments and the public authorities are conflicting in those ideas. Uh, public authorities are just, just uh, looking in you know, a one side of development of AI, that they are more efficient, they are more helpful, For the national securities and defense and those kinds of things but they are they're completely forgetting about the value systems of the people and the humanitarian values values on which society is based and society is built up so i think it will bring a kind of conflict between the people and the policies so policies and people should go together. If we are going in the right directions, societies and people go together. And if there is a conflict, that means society and the community or the people they are not going together or going in the right direction.
2: I just want to ask Prabal in terms of the implications of emerging technologies, particularly we heard about the, what happened in Nepal at the time of big earthquake. I was wondering if there was indeed a use of emerging technologies in terms of assisting in the disaster response in Nepal
1: it's already been five years of earthquake in nepal during the time the drones were not that much commercially available in our country if sufficient drones or associated technological advancements during that time they would be very much helpful to to use to know about impacts of the earthquake in different areas and they could be very helpful during that time but in last five years the ai technologies they have taken a new leap so As you have mentioned, it would be much useful if they were that much developed during that time or they were commercially available.
0: I actually saw something on the news only a couple of days ago about a drone being used to put out a fire on a high rise building on like the 30th floor and that it had the capacity to actually bring a small water tank with it and through water pressure, put out the fire. So maybe that is something that can actually be examined and something that can be furthered by industries and governments alike on how emerging technologies and some of these devices that are typically probably thought of as being used in weapon systems could be used for disaster relief or other pursuits rescue operations, for example, so on and so forth.
2: You're right. The extent of applications of emerging technologies, both for disaster response and disaster risk management, is remarkable. You could also see drones delivering medicines to far-flung places. And that could also mean that you could deliver now packages right into your home. I've seen those information and that they are indeed towards that direction, especially now that uh, people are restricted in terms of mobility uh, because of the pandemic. So there are indeed a lot of applications that, that emerging technologies could do. Uh, but again, the concern there is good, but we have to be careful at what point uh, do we use these emerging technologies that it will not be detrimental to the world uh, not just to humans. Because I also heard a lot of emerging technologies that did harm more, not just humans, but animals, even uh, also some plants and and our own environment. So this is uh, emerging technologies needs to be carefully managed. And there should be, again, some rules that should govern and policies should be in place so that everyone is guided, that there will be no abuse of, of the use of technologies.
0: You mentioned, Fred, earlier about this term, the weaponization of technology. And for me, or maybe for some people, when you think of weaponization, of course, it's It could generally mean the application of technology or AI systems into weapons, but there is also a different kind of the weaponization of technology. And I kind of want to turn more into less the physical security, but more of cybersecurity. In the area, of, for example, of mass surveillance, the issues on privacy, on how much people really do consent to revealing certain private information, not just to governments, but big corporations and others who third parties who may be surveilling and how a lot of these big data that are obtained through people, sometimes without their consent, are used to spread misinformation and perhaps changing, you know, certain views. What do you both think about that? I'll start with Prabal.
1: An academic research done by a graduate student in Nepal on the election campaigns in our last election showed that they had you know, like case study of three people who were doing the political campaigns and they have a very, very bad marks on their political history. They were charged with the corruptions and all those things. And they got to found that, and they win the election. And there wasn't research, and even the media trial was gone. The, how the corrupt politicians could win the elections, and they uh, different different viewpoints, and and it was found that they had spent a lot of money on social media campaigns. And it was the social media ads, and then like there are some of, some pages, the national pages. They post the news. They post the news feeds of emerging issues of Nepal. And they mobilized them. They used those Facebook pages and other social media tools to, to maintain the election campaigns. And it has a big impact upon the people. And after he got elected, people got to know that he had those kinds of history. He has a very bad history, but he has got elected. It clearly shows that the impact of social media, uh, how they affect people's mindset. They just forget to analyze the thing. They do not listen to their inner feelings. They do not use their logics. They are just moving with the whim. They are just moving with the gossips and they make the decision. It is just an example. You have mentioned that we are not letting the artificial intelligence to to control our minds. We are just compromising our individual freedom. I'm completely agree with the idea you have just mentioned here.
0: So, Prabhu, you mentioned social media. And I kind of want to, again, jump off of that because you don't just work with the Committee for Social Justice. um, You also represent the youth in Nepal, not just in Nepal, but in South Asia as well. So I wanted to get your view on how the youth can perhaps uh, trigger certain changes or steer certain changes in how these new emerging technologies are accepted or used perhaps by society you know
1: like the normal people may not be very much aware of those kinds of things and the developments of ai what youth can do is they must have an ability to unfold the fact what is going wrong and what is going in a good direction or what is going in a bad direction they shouldn't be a part of a propaganda they must assume their individual responsibility to drive the society. For example, even the government, the policymakers, are not taking the issues, perceiving these kinds of AI developments may be threatful in coming days. They're just ignoring it. They are not aware of it. The youth must have an ability to put the facts in front of the governments. These are the developments going in the world. They may have these kinds of consequences. They may lead us to that kind of challenging situation. So we need to develop our policies in such a way. They should develop a clear picture and put in front of the government. It can be done through the social media campaigns. They can, again, use the social media campaigns. This is going wrong, and this is going in a right track. For example, election campaigns in Nepal are getting too expensive because of these kinds of social media campaigning. You, you go to visit the people and these kinds of things. They can make awareness videos, small awareness video clips. We need to think like that. We must be able to listen to our inner feelings. We have our own judgmental capacity. So we need to, we need to listen to ourselves and we need to make a good decisions while putting the boards. These kinds of campaigns, again, can be done through the use of these kinds of social media techniques or the platforms.
0: Kind of jumping off also on that point on the roles that the youth can play as sort of a bridge between maybe the older generation or other sectors of society that may not be so technologically adept or may not understand these new developments, I'd like to turn over to Fred and ask how should civil society respond to these cautious, maybe negative effects of emerging technologies or the dangers that were mentioned earlier, how emerging technologies, AI, can be used, can be applied in weapon systems, can be used in the violation of privacy, in mass surveillance, uh, misinformation. How do you think civil society should respond to that?
2: is right when he laid out the control who controls data does influence people and this is I think the new element in defining how powerful a country will be or an individual will be if he's able to control that infrastructure handling data and he just mentioned about the the election issue but if you look at more deeply into it it's also about who writes these algorithms, who write these codes. And there are a lot of concerns that indeed your thoughts, the thoughts of the programmer or the tech worker are reflected in those algorithms. And if you have certain biases or the codes are written, does not take into consideration a lot of factors, cultural factors, or even how people are being viewed by machines then we would have some problems with that because again it would be advantageous to those who designed it so now when you look at these concerns there should be some kind of code of conduct among it workers programmers who does this these things and we heard about that there are already efforts and initiatives done in the past the japan science uh, society have decided years back to have that kind of code but again these codes should be updated and there should be a new understanding given that the technology emerging technology is really running in a a fast pace so we have to keep up and in order to have that uh, you need to have certain policies not just at the national level policies but actually at the global level when we talk about what is it that we will allow machines to do kind of regulation or prohibition even to a point where we do not allow machines to just autonomously decide for itself whether to kill someone or not and that is i think where the the boundaries would, would now be in terms of advocacy among civil society that we need to maintain a control uh, over the machines that we would not allow machines to decide for itself autonomously from selecting a target and uh, deciding what to do with the target. And this is a discussion going on now in terms of uh, putting limits to artificial intelligence and emerging technologies. And where would that limit be in terms of its uses in weapon systems, in newer weapon systems. We do recognize that technologies has been used in weapons even many years ago, but given the new technologies now and the whole infrastructure, we're not just talking about the weapon system itself, but really a whole range of infrastructure supporting that weapon system. And we're just mentioning about data that has been amassed through uh, social media and many other forms in terms of surveillance, CCTV footages, and all this data gathering, mining has been going on, would feed into a weapon systems that is problematic in many ways. And I think we are now at the height of conversation and discussion within the global level that actions need to be in place and responses should be, Uh, written and there should be some sort of agreement, even a treaty, that would address these emerging technologies.
0: Right, Fred. So you mentioned an international instrument or an international treaty possibly that could establish certain standards internationally about the development of these weapons. But I was kind of thinking because different countries, of course, are developing differently. There are less developed countries, least developed countries, and, of course, the more capable, technologically capable, rather, developed countries who have probably poured a lot of resources and time and expertise into developing these technologies. And each country will have a different response. So for developed countries, and there are a few of them who are already at the forefront of these developments of emerging technologies, whether it be in medicine, in weapons, or in transportation. We see, for example, developments of technologies in self-driving cars. In Japan, they've long since been creating autonomous robots for different purposes for education. But there will be developing countries who will probably see emerging technologies as one avenue of development of you know, industrialization and getting to the next level of development. There will also be the least developed countries who will be more concerned with economic development and will actually be uh, probably very worried about the spread of these kinds of technologies, especially those countries that are marred by conflict and would be concerned how the spread of these technologies and, and in particular the application of AI or other types of technologies on weapons and how that could exacerbate certain conflicts and and fractures in, in their society would be very wary of these kinds of technologies. How would you think we could reconcile those different interests or views or concerns from these uh, countries into into a an international agreement um, in the future. Uh,
1: as Fred mentioned, our concern is more about the use of the AI and emerging technologies rather than developments. like we must have that kind of assurance that they are not going to be misused and they will not be weaponized. AI and emerging technology must be widely useful for the betterment of the people and the society. In your uh, questions about the conflict of interest, different countries uh, as per their different capabilities have a different interest regarding the AI technologies. Just a matter of fact, I would like to give an example that Hundreds of thousands of people from Nepal are working in South Korea in the industries and in the agricultural sectors. South Korea definitely has an interest to minimize the labor costs or the wages, and they may use the new technologies for it, and it will have consequences in Nepal. So that strategically, Nepal has, should have a, a clear domestic strategies to deal with that. So, for example, South Korea is not going to listen to us that please do not use uh, these kinds of technologies. Our people will be unemployed. We cannot say like that, but we cannot we can customize our domestic institutions. We have to work on generating the employment opportunities within the countries. And about the weaponizations of the AI technologies can participate in a global campaigns to establish a wide code of conduct in the sector of emerging technologies.
2: I want to make it clear that we are not against uh, artificial intelligence and the emerging technologies. We do not want to limit in terms of its development and its potential. What is a, a big concern is because of these emerging technologies, newer weapons are being developed that pose a lot of issues, and one of them is you would now have a certain weapon where there would be no more human controlling that particular weapon. When I say no more control, this weapon system would now be using a wide range of data infrastructure that would feed this machine as to who their targets would be. So they would autonomously search the target, select the target, uh, and decide whether to kill or not to kill or what to do, what actions should be taken. So you would now see a new way of the conduct of hostilities in in armed conflicts. We would now witness drones flying inside countries, other countries, and uh, killing and deciding to drop a bomb in certain areas, currently being operated by someone thousands of miles away. But in the future, this would just be... Decided by the machine And so that's a big concern And so we are drawing the line In terms of maintaining that human control Over these aspects of decision making Now, when you look back uh, It's it's quite a, a sensitive discussion Given that, as you mentioned There would be developing countries Who already have these weapon systems And probably uh, might use th- this in the future So discussions might really be on if you already have these weapons maybe the use of it would be regulated or there would be uh, discussions in terms of still maintaining that human meaningful control being referred to by uh, civil society in terms of uh, keeping the humans in the loop or there would be discussions in terms of code of conduct um, among um, tech workers or there would be many aspects in terms of making sure that accountability could still be done in terms of who would be accountable if the abuse of the use of that weapons will be will happen. So there are uh, a lot of areas that could be done multilaterally by countries in order to first to avoid the misuse and abuse of the weapon and also to, to avoid proliferation of these technologies when... Uh, if these technologies could fall into the wrong hands. Terrorism is is, is a big issue uh, globally, so these weapon systems, new weapon systems, could inflict much more damage if it's not regulated or there's no global policy as to how these particular weapon systems will be developed and used.
0: Fred and Prabal, you've certainly given us more to think about and reflect on. Thank you both for joining us today. Just for the benefit of our listeners, is there perhaps a best way to reach you in case our listeners want to follow your work, perhaps a social media um, handle? Fred?
2: You can visit our Facebook page, Nonviolence International Southeast Asia, or you can follow us at Twitter, at Nonviolence Asia.
1: Thank you, Pauline. For the audience and the listeners who are interested to our works in Nepal, they can follow us on Facebook and we have our Facebook page name, Committee for Social Justice Nepal. Thank you.
0: And this has been Peace Perspectives on Artificial Intelligence and Emerging Technologies. We hope you enjoyed our episode. Thank you for listening. This has been Peace Perspectives on Artificial Intelligence and Emerging Technologies, produced by Nonviolence International Southeast Asia. Follow us on Facebook at www.facebook.com nonviolenceasia and Twitter with Twitter handle at nonviolenceasia. Thank you for listening.